Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch, review, and rate every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I don't know if I did that right. It's awkward. <laughs> it was a little awkward. But I'm your host. My name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is my co-host. You just heard her speak a second ago, Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you doing this week? I'm good. I feel like we haven't done this in a while. But we did it last weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It just feels like we took a longer break. I think it's probably because we've been (laughs) (laughs) self-quarantining. Yeah, so if you're listening to this podcast in the future, uh, welcome. Are there flying cars? What's Nick Cage up to? Are we all still alive? Or do we we all die of coronavirus? (laughs) So coronavirus is a thing. Oh, sorry. COVID-19. COVID-19. Recommending that many people stay inside, don't come into contact with people, that kind of thing. So what we decided to do was watch a Nicolas Cage movie because, of course, we we would do it anyway. We would, yeah. Everyone should. Yeah. Take this opportunity. Yeah, I mean, if you... Actually, yeah. I'd recommend that you stay sane, so maybe don't do this. But if you have a good grasp on your own mental health and know your limits, maybe take this opportunity while you're self-quarantining to go through all the movies and watch all of them that we've already watched absolutely and then you can be in the same boat that we are absolutely which is sinking a sinking ship a sinking ship <laughs> <laughs> well on that note we watched one of the better movies the second movie in what we refer to as the golden cage the of nicholas cage, cage. So The Golden Cage is a series of movies that gave our boy Nicolas Cage some critical and commercial success. And the movie we watched this week is The Rock, uh, starring Sean Connery, of course, Nicolas Cage. And very briefly, this movie is from 1996. Uh, Some disgruntled Marines take a bunch of hostages to Alcatraz with some chemical weapons. And Sean Connery is a former, basically he's James Bond. And Nick Cage is a chemical specialist to defuse the bombs and hijinks ensue. But they're not exactly lighthearted hijinks, but they're fun. It's a fun movie, for sure. So one of the things that we like to look at when we start these movies are the, or these movie reviews are the, uh, well, the reviews. So what do you got, Han, in terms of numbers? What's the, the critics' reviews. Critic reviews, mm-hmm. yeah. So on IMDb, it has a 7.4 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 66%. Which I think is pretty low. I think it's, I think it's justified. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a fun movie. It was fun, but it was really dumb. So yeah, it was th- pretty stupid. This is also I don't think I mentioned it yet, but it's a Michael Bay movie, so you kind of know what you're getting into. It's really cheesy action. It's explosions. It's it's Michael Bay, mm-hmm. known for like the Transformers movies mm-hmm. and things like that. So would you say that this movie was more gruesome than other Michael Bay movies? more gruesome yeah no i would say it's mm-hmm. almost entirely I'm trying to lead par. the witness here oh yes of course i would oh wow well would you would i would i have you know i don't think those are is that a real it's not, it's not i don't think that's a phrase <laughs> let me uh let me inform you <laughs> uh-huh. let me do you a learning that yeah. that quentin tarantino actually is an uncredited screenplay writer oh okay well i mean I can see that. So, I mean, obviously, you know that we're going to spoil this movie, but every there's a big shootout and explosions, of course, at the end. And some of the deaths, I think, are pretty gruesome. Mm. You watch people get hanged. Yeah, that's true. You I watch guess. people chemically implode. Yeah, they, they <laughs> their skin boils off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, 
That's fine, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, I'm leading the witness here. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, another thing we like to do to start this movie is, or our movie review, is to get some behind-the-scenes information from Hannah. So what Mm -hmm. else have you got for behind-the-scenes info? I know you said there was a lot. There is a lot on this, and I can probably attribute that to being, because this is a bit of a cult classic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I didn't look at the numbers for the budget and how much money it made, but I'm sure it did pretty well, and it's definitely still well-remembered today. Yeah, it made about $335 million in the box office. Wow, okay. so pretty good. Well, what was the budget? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't. It doesn't say on IMDb? Look. Here we go. Budget is $75 million estimated. Oh, okay. So you typically say double that for commercials and things of that nature, so it made a decent amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. So what other behind-the-scenes stories have you got? I have quite a few. Um, I will sprinkle them in sporadically throughout the movie as well because some of them are, you know, related to some plot points that I don't want to just spoil right off the bat. Gotcha. Okay. But in general, this was Michael Bay's favorite movie that he's ever made, but it was a big hassle to get it done. Apparently, there were a lot of fights between and tensions between um, Bay and Walt Disney Studios, Hmm. who were supervising the production. He basically just disagreed with them about everything, and Hmm. there was a lot of tension, and finally it got made. And there were issues with with the script itself, (laughs) where he didn't want other people contributing to it or something along those lines. So rather than having... I guess, legitimate writers mm-hmm. come in. Okay. Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer, who was a producer on this. Yes. I don't know if you mentioned that. Uh, encouraged Nick Cage to... Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Kind of just do whatever he wanted. Of course they did. A, a reoccurring theme here what on our podcast. doing that? I don't know. So they just let him do whatever he wanted because the script was, like, mostly unfinished. Wow. So a lot of his lines were ad-libbed. Wow, that's good to know. Yep, including our favorite scream. Okay, ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's a good scream. We'll discuss it that in a, a second, scream. and we'll definitely find that clip. Let's see, what else about Nick? Mm-hmm. That I can talk about it first. Yeah, so most of, the, most of his dialogue was ad-libbed, especially the humorous moments. Michael Bay mentioned in an interview that the movie had more of a serious tone. Hmm in just the script itself okay and then all of like the funny things that happened were ad-libbed but hmm. that wasn't originally in the script and a lot of those are coming from nick cage yeah i feel like funny is a really strong word okay humorous <laughs> L- light-hearted i'm just i'm not i'm not picking on you <laughs> i'm picking on michael bay fair <laughs> and nicholas cage let's see okay well sean connery was a bit of a diva sorry sir sean connery yeah I've actually, I feel like I've heard that before. He insisted that he... So this movie takes place on Alcatraz. I don't know if we mentioned that yet. Yeah, I think I mentioned that in the okay. beginning. So Sean Connery insisted that during the filming of this, and it was all filmed on Alcatraz oh, with wow. the exception of a few scenes. <laughs> <laughs> there's some really wild scenes that there's no way that's actually Alcatraz. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about maybe, that as we get it to was. it. Okay. So Sean Connery, for the filming of the scenes on Alcatraz, insisted that he live in a cabin that they built for him on Alcatraz. <laughs> like on the want, island itself? On the island. He didn't want to leave the he island. He didn't want to take like the 20 minute ferry or something? No, no, no. <laughs> he's way too important for that. Jesus. I mean, he is important. He's, he's a man of importance. He's a legendary actor. <laughs> so I'll, I'll interrupt real quick with, do you know the classic story about Sean Connery's last movie? 
the last movie that he ever filmed? Yes. Is he dead? No. Oh. He's still alive. Okay. But he but the last movie. Is he, he retired? Did. Yes. Okay. No. I don't so, know then. So let me let me double check before I tell the story. Hang on. While you're looking for that though, one thing I will say about Nick Cage is he's been an asshole on set. He's been annoying. He's yeah. kind of just wanted to do his own thing. But I wouldn't I don't think I'd ever call him a diva. Yeah, he he's weird, but he's not demanding. No. He, well, well, he could be demanding, but not in but never demanding in that type of way, like insisting that he live in a cabin and insisting on this, insisting on that, and needing steak and lobster to be delivered to right. him and things like that. Did Chunk Connery do that? Yeah. Ugh, he ordered annoying. steak and lobster for like all the cast and okay. wanted all of them to eat it in the like in the in the cells oh. in Alcatraz. That's weird. Yeah. Hmm. It's like disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, the the story goes that Sean Connery was offered a role in Lord of the Rings and he was sent the script and he didn't understand it at all. And then Lord of the Rings took off and blew up, especially the first one was this incredible movie, this phenomenon. So that made him take the very next script that came that he came across that he didn't understand because he was like, I just don't understand this magical stuff. And it was The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Have you ever seen that movie? I don't think so. What is that? It's like, so he plays like Captain Ahab or something. And then there's like uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And there's like an invisible man. And so it's like a mashup of a bunch of different yeah, heroes and villains. Whatever. It's not a good movie. It sounds horrible. <laughs> it's terrible. So he did some voiceover work between that and today but he pretty much stopped acting after that because he was pretty panned for that movie so that's kind of the classic story of sean connery and why he left acting because he didn't understand lord of the rings or the league of extraordinary gentlemen and he made the wrong choice well well (laughs) well well my how the turntables (laughs) how the turntables (laughs) uh a little bit more on mr sorry sir Sean Connery in the Ohio State University. He only took this role after hearing that Nicolas Cage was cast. Really? Yeah. Well, he had just won an Academy Award. He did. He got clout. Got some clout. He got clout now. Let's see. Oh, both he and Nick Cage didn't want to swim. There's a scene where they swim oh, in the water yeah. and mm. they really had to force them to get into that water. Did they actually they, swim though? Yeah, they eventually okay. had to. He wanted that water every time he was in the water, which <laughs> is a lot. Yeah. He wanted that water to be at 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Whoa. And they obliged, but then got the crew sick because it became like a breeding ground for bacteria because there was no like chlorine to kill anything. Oh. Yeah, like your hot tub is going to be that hot, but you have chemicals in it to kill all the bacteria that is going to fester and grow in that type of environment. Oh, man. So everyone just like started getting coronavirus. Um, let's see what else. He had a contract that said that he would get to film all of his stuff first. So Nick Cage was exhausted by the time that he had to film things in the day. So if they had scenes together, all of the shots of Uh, Sean Connery would come first. mm -hmm. And then he would leave set and Nick would film by himself after. He was, he put up with it because he was working with a legend. So he had respect for him. Um, and then lastly, Sean Connery encouraged Nick to change the character's name because Nick wanted to change the character's name. It's Stanley Goodspeed, right? Yeah. It was Bill Goodspeed. 
and for what fucking like, the problem so with stupid. the name is not the first name <laughs> it's the last name it's the last name he didn't he wanted stanley he thought that that fit the persona better for whatever godforsaken reason okay so i think i said a second ago nick cage plays a chemical specialist chemical yeah. warfare specialist yeah. so he's essentially a chemist yeah he's the least convincing chemist i've ever seen in my entire well, life well he in order to in order to be a more convincing chemist, Nick Cage also decided for his character that nerdy people don't curse so that he wouldn't curse other than in one line in the movie. Wow, you're right. That's why he says some like really... Like, yeah, he says gee whiz and crap like that. Yeah, Because yeah. he's like, oh, well, a chemist is too intelligent to use curse words, so I'm not going to curse. Yeah, but there's does... one line later in the movie, at the end of the movie, that he curses. And I have another factoid about that when we get to it. I didn't even pick that up throughout the course of the movie and I, I, the the people of imdb did luckily wow. <laughs> for us and for for all of you listening jesus there's so many things wrong with that i know chemists and they don't look like nicholas cage and <laughs> they definitely curse <laughs> well that's that Let's see if i have anything else on the movie itself okay oh yeah what <laughs> what is this <laughs> This is wild, Steve. Okay. Oh, God. This has nothing to do with Nick. Okay. I got to get in the right headspace for yeah. this. Go ahead. Okay. The big point of contention or in the movie, like the plot revolves around a chemical... Like, How would you explain this? So they're like little glass balls that when they crack open, there's this deadly chemical that burns your skin off. Right. So the, the bad guys in the movie stole these weapons these missiles that have like 30 of these glass balls in each of the missiles so you have to be very delicate when taking the missiles apart which is what nick does throughout the movie <laughs> this is got? absolutely insane okay all right so i guess i i mentioned this is a cult classic and people hold on to memories yeah i suppose from cult classics <laughs> a scene from this film i wouldn't say just a scene just that principle of those globe ball things with mm -hmm. the green gaseous yeah. material inside of it was the basis for incorrect and false descriptions of the iraqi chemical weapons program so british secret intelligence service was led to believe that saddam hussein what? was continuing to produce up until 2005 when he was like assassinated this this was like this is wild Okay. So the British Secret Service was led to believe that Saddam Hussein was continuing to produce weapons of mass description, destruction. <laughs> mass description. <laughs> by a false agent who, based upon his reports on this movie. Wait, okay, so. Described, described these balls. Who described these balls? An agent, like on the British Secret Service. Why? For what purpose? <laughs> Why did he describe them wrong? public memory like false memory so when so in 2002 okay, keep going <laughs> the agency acquired the british intelligence agency acquired information from a news source revealing that iraq was stepping up production of chemical and biological warfare agents the source who was said to have direct access claimed that senior staff were working seven days a week while the regime was concentrated on a great deal of effort on the production of anthrax they told the Joint Intelligence Committee that they were on the edge of a significant intel breakthrough, which could be the key to unlock Iraq's weapons program. Oh However, questions were raised about the agent's claims 
when it noticed that the description bore a striking resemblance to a scene from the movie The Rock. It was pointed out that the glass containers were not typically used in chemical ammunition. Yeah. And that a popular movie, The Rock, 1996, had inaccurately depicted nerve agents being carried in glass beads or spheres. A month before the invasion of Iraq in February 2003, they concluded that their source had been lying over a period of time, but failed to inform the agency or others, even though UK Prime Minister Tony Blair had been briefed on this intelligence. That's amazing. I just don't understand why you would make that up. And the co-writer of this movie came out and said, like, what was so amazing was that anyone in the poison gas community would immediately know that this was total bullshit, like such obvious bullshit. Yeah. Because this type of gas wouldn't be able to be stored in that type of container. It's totally unreasonable (laughs) to store poison gas in a sphere. So The Rock basically caused an international crisis, is what I'm telling you. That's fantastic. I don't even know what to say to that. Madness. Absolute. Absolute chaos. Anarchy ensued. Christ. I would love to know what Nick thinks about it. Yeah, I don't think he's allowed to speak on it. It's classified information. I'm sure the British intelligence agency is trying to keep everyone's mouth shut. Oh, absolutely. We're going to get a knock on our door later. Hi, I heard you uh, recently told the public about a mishap in the British. (laughs) Well, it's public knowledge now. Absolutely. It's public knowledge to our handful of listeners. Thank you for listening, by the way. I can't can't thank you enough. (laughs) Go look this up, though. I'm telling you. Yeah, that's a a great story. They should make a movie about that. They definitely should. (laughs) That's incredible. Wow. On on that note, I think we should begin. And Ah. I will, uh, like I said, sprinkle in facts here beautiful beautiful so when hannah says we should begin we're going to go through the movie nick cage scene by nick cage scene as we do so uh the movie opens up with basically the whole plot device and ed harris plays the bad guy and that's what i explained before and what we kind of touched on a second ago is that they are these disgruntled marines who kidnap a whole bunch of people from that are on a tour in Alcatraz and they have these chemical warfare weapons which is this nerve gas that they're pointing at the San Francisco Bay area so that whole thing gets set up pretty much before we see Nick for the first time so keep that in mind the first time we see Nick Cage is actually he's in kind of a quiet FBI office and it's so quiet that he takes a nerf gun and shoots something and it causes a Rube Goldberg machine to light a hula girl on fire like a little hula girl statue on fire then somebody bursts in and is like hey Nick we got this package for you and he rips it open in kind of a funny dramatic way and he's like oh yeah I got it and by the way he, oh my god, he's in such prime cage voice. Oh, like when I do that voice, I'd, oh yeah, I got this Beatles album. Like that's what was in the package. I don't know if I said that a second ago, but it's a Beatles album. And he's like, oh yeah, I got it. Like that is no joke how he speaks throughout this movie. You raised your eyebrows at me. You, you seem like you have something to say about the Beatles So what album. does he say about it after? Do, uh, you, do you recall? I don't have it written down here exactly what he says. So basically whoever the other agent in the room is is saying why are you so excited about this album Mm -hmm. shouldn't you just be buying cds now Mm -hmm. and he said well i'm a beatles fanatic and everyone knows that albums sound better than cds yeah so nick cage inspired by his character ever since this movie never bought a cd again and will only listen to things on vinyl of course (laughs) 
<laughs> well, look, I mean, there. I get it. Honestly. It's back. Yeah, we I mean, have. We have a record player. We have a record player. We play records every now and then, but I mean, we also play music digitally, which is like what people do. Do you think he like refuses to listen to music in headphones? I don't know. I doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Pre- he probably was defined about it for a year, and then everyone yeah, forgot right. about it, and he moved on. He's hypocritical. Yeah, at best. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. So then, you know, they're sitting in in the office, and an alarm goes off, and there's like, oh, we got this suspicious box shipped to us, so it's in a containment chamber. We need you, who's our best chemist, and we need this other guy who you're training (laughs) to go into this chamber and check out what's in the box. And it looks like it's a bunch of normal stuff, but then gas starts spilling out of this baby doll's mouth. There's Mm -hmm. a little baby doll in there, and it starts spilling everywhere, and it starts... It's so hazardous that it bleeds through their their hazard suit, hazmat suits, and they're freaking out, and they're freaking out, and he does have a couple of screams right here, but it's sort of warranty, warranted. Where are the sprinklers, Lana? Where are my sprinklers? That's a pretty big freaking problem, Lana. Fix it now! Where's my water, Lana? One minute! Because the sprinklers can subdue the, the gas. He knows exactly what the gas is right yeah, off the bat. He's a- right and there's also c4 that's about to explode so while (laughs) this is amazing that this is how it starts (laughs) so while the gas is going off and they're burning alive and you know he's trying to defuse a bomb and there's water pouring down on him they're also saying hey take this giant syringe and stab yourself in the heart because that'll neutral that'll that's like the antidote for the gas is this giant needle you got to stick into your heart and the guy that he's training is like oh hell no i'm not sticking this in my heart and it's like first of all dude you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die a long, slow, painful death if this gas burns like your skin. Flesh off. eating gas. Absolutely. <laughs> you idiots, stab yourself in the heart. Do it. He's afraid of needles, Steve. Oh my god, that's dumb. Anyway, of course it all works out fine, but it's very Michael Bay. It's the music is building, there's this high tension, but this isn't like the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie he's not gonna die he's the second also tarantino actor. can't forget that. also tarantino apparently <laughs> the ghost writer yeah the, the ghost writer not the ghost writer oh getting for that one i know two of those <laughs> and actually ghost writer too yeah, absolutely so i'm more excited for ghost writer too oh my god that is apparently one of the worst movies ever made yep, but can't wait yep <laughs> same with national treasure looking forward to oh book god. of secrets oh my god <laughs> Ed Harris is also in Book of Secrets. Is he really? He is. He's probably the bad guy. But uh, I, won't, I won't reveal any plot points. Ah, uh, thank you. So the next time we see Nick Cage is he's sitting at home and he's really poorly playing the guitar, and he's almost entirely naked. <laughs> you you look like you've got something to comment. I do. Mm-hmm. So that was Nick's idea to be naked. To be naked. Okay. And he and Michael Bay fought about it, and Michael Bay finally <laughs> came to the conclusion that Nick just wanted to show off his body. Yes, and Nick continued to deny that claim and said, <laughs> no, it's really important to establish that the character is comfortable in his own home. <laughs> it's really not that important. So stupid. He could have been wearing a sweater or a sweatshirt. A shirt. Yeah. It's so fucking stupid. He's so annoying. Yeah. He's so annoying. Yeah. So he's playing the guitar poorly and he's like just kind of plucking the strings and like he's gritting his teeth and he's waving his head around as he does it, <laughs> which so is weird. great. And this is where we really get that classic Cage voice. It's like, hey, honey, how was your day? You know, like he just is doing that nonstop. So his girlfriend comes in and 
she's like, how was your day? And he's like, I had one of those days that made me realize that I would never want to bring a child into this fucked up world. How was your day? And she's like, I'm pregnant. It's like, of course she is. We called that as soon as she walked in the door. It's like, of course. As soon as he said he would never want to bring a child. Oh, we said it to each other. As soon as he mentioned never wanting a child, I was was like, oh yeah, she's pregnant. She's pregnant. Of course. (laughs) And then she's like, well, with that in mind, I have to ask you something. And she gets down on one knee and proposes to a naked Nicolas Cage playing the guitar. Okay, just topless. He's not (laughs) in the nude. He's not like naked naked, but I think he's only wearing like boxers or briefs or something. Yeah. And the guitar's covering it, so oh, I think fair. Yeah, so he wants to seem <laughs> naked. <laughs> so I don't know if he accepts or not. I think they kind of just brush it off. And, you know, this whole time we're getting kind of back and forth clips of like the situation that's going on in Alcatraz. So they say, you know, who's your number one guy, your number one chemist to defuse these bombs? They say, Let me give him a call. So they next time we see Nick Cage is He's on the roof of his house or his apartment <laughs> having, having sex, sex with, his with his maybe now fiance on the roof. His baby mama. Yeah. And they're like doing weird kind of role playing type stuff. And he's making like pouty faces. because. <laughs> and then the phone rings. And he's like, I got to go to San Francisco. And she's like, no, don't go. And he's like, well, maybe you can come with me. I don't know what the mission is yet. Just come with me or something. So... He's on his way out, and he does classic Nick Cage. He grabs her by the face and kisses her, just manhandles her as he does. (laughs) He heads over to an airplane hangar. This is where we find out that he's, like, a really nerdy chemist. He's like, oh, I love chemistry. It's just my favorite thing. And, like... I don't curse. Gee whiz. Yeah, it's so stupid. And then he's talking to the one of the FBI guys or something, and (laughs) Nick goes, oh, this isn't a training exercise, is it? And the camera like zooms in and you hear that building music <laughs> and the guy just goes, no, Dr. Goodspeed, this is not a training exercise. Oh my God. And I just roll her eyes like this is so corny, but it's like the best kind of corny. Super predictable. Absolutely. So next. Also, we're like 20 minutes into this movie and Sean Connery has not appeared yet. And he oh, yeah. is the first build. Top build actor right. on this movie. Yeah. And I'm sure that was part of his deal to be in this movie. Well, he only wanted to be in the Alcatraz scenes and he only wanted to live mm. on set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the next time uh, we see Nick Cage is they head over to the San Francisco FBI office and they've got they pull Sean Connery out of prison. So, as I mentioned before, Sean Connery is basically playing, like, an elderly James Bond. And actually, a lot of fans have theorized that this character is actually James Bond. Yes, yeah, that's a common theory, mm-hmm. is because he was a special agent, secret secret agent for the British military, MI6, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And there's even one point, I didn't write it down, so I don't remember where it is, but someone's like... He's highly trained and he knows government secrets. He knows about the aliens landing in Roswell. He knows about... We're like, what? He knows who really killed JFK. And we're like, what? <laughs> aliens? We're like, is this national treasure? What is this movie? <laughs> so they decide that they need this guy's help, uh, Sean Connery, because he's the only person to successfully escape Alcatraz. So he knows the inner workings. He knows the little nooks and crannies of the place. So he's Sean Connery's looking uh, disheveled, looking looking a little haggard, a little worse for wear. And Nick Cage is just behind the glass, watching him being interviewed. And what they need Sean Connery's signature for some reason, for in order to get him to agree that like, hey, we'll set you free if you agree to help us for this. Yeah. And for some reason, the main interrogator can't get him to sign the paperwork. 
but <laughs> so guess but who they send in they send the chemist in <laughs> and as soon as he walks in like sean connery smells that he's a bad liar and he's the worst <laughs> and for some reason i don't well there is a good scream in here he does say like we got a cup of coffee in here please you know it's fine you know because sean connery's kind of like buttering up nick cage getting him on his side and Sean Connery's main thing is that he wants a hotel room, he wants to wash up, he wants to cut his hair and shave and shower and all that good stuff. And I don't know why or how exactly, but Sean Connery plans to escape this little holding room that they've mm-hmm. got him in. Mm-hmm. And the way he does that is by somebody dropped a quarter on the floor. So he stomps... He's, he's James Bond. He's very creative. That's true. That's true. He is James Bond. But he stomps on the quarter with the with the leg of his chair what and it does makes that like a, do though does it, it just flatten it out so that yeah. it's sharper yeah okay but then apparently it can cut glass I because he cuts a hole in the in the Wait, two-way before mirror. that yeah he asks for his handcuffs to come off oh yes he does yeah so there's a story about that okay so the delivery of nick cage's line when he tells the people i don't remember what it was yeah. we can insert it here apparently was inspired by the delivery of a story about Elvis Presley, which involved girls in white panties. What? Wrestling chimpanzees. What? All it says is his delivery when he tells the guards to remove Sean Connery's handcuffs stemmed from an Elvis Presley story he had recently told Sean Connery involving girls in white white panties wrestling chimpanzees. That's so weird. That's he's, yeah, insane. Uh, yeah, they, they've just got crazy people on this set between Tarantino, Bay, <laughs> oh my God. Cage, and Connery. They're just the most They're insane. Just doing people. whatever they want. Yeah, just a free for all. Absolutely, I, I'm amazed this movie turned out as well as it did. It almost didn't even get made. Yeah. Apparently, mm. Walt Disney. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it doesn't really read like a Disney movie. That's for sure. Definitely not. Especially not a mid-90s Disney movie. (laughs) So he breaks through the glass in a really stupid way and sees some of the the FBI guys and he's like, ah, it's you. And then just like everything's (laughs) fine. It's it's, it's fine. So they're they're in a police van. They're they're driving on their way to the hotel after after they reach an agreement that Sean Connery will help them. And Nick Cage is just basically, he's calling his girlfriend or his fiance and being like, hey, I found out. Don't come to San Francisco. I don't know what's happening in San Francisco. There's chemical warfare. Don't come. And she's like, no, I want to see you. You're my fiance and we've got a baby or something. So it's just a plot device to to give Nicolas Cage more, you know, more of a reason to stop the bombs. Yeah, exactly. And stay alive. But in the police van, Sean Connery really randomly barks at Nick Cage. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, just out of nowhere. So I'm sure... Nick inspired him to do oh, that absolutely. based upon a story that he told him about I have no idea about fucking Who knows? John Stamos in a <laughs> yeah, in a exactly. pantyhose commercial yeah. or something yep. That. yep so they're at the hotel room and Nick Cage has a whole bit about how he left his gun in his sock drawer he doesn't have a gun even though he's an FBI agent then probably ad lib that Sean Connery's in the shower and he's like gathering tools he pulls out some string and he orders a bunch of food and, <laughs> and to cause a distraction. Right. So he's clean. Oh my God. And then they bring in the hairdresser. That's what I was getting to <laughs> the hairdresser. And they're like, Hey, this, this guy comes up out of, off the elevator and they're like, 
hey, you must be the barber. And he's like, no, I'm a stylist. And it's like, like, oh my God. What a stereotype. Yeah, go this far with this guy. Oh, they went real far with this guy. They really did. They really lean into this stereotype of like the flamboyant hairdresser, like for no reason. Absurd. So he's cleaning up Sean Connery. And Sean Connery's big plan is to distract most of the guards with a lavish meal that he ordered via room service. (laughs) And then after he gets his hair cut, he takes the clothesline that you see in hotel rooms sometimes near the shower. So he takes that and he ties up, he very quickly ties up the FBI guy that's watching him and throws him over the balcony like like that line is going to hold in a fully adult grown man yeah. and everyone's just in the other room eating food like just, oh, not no. paying attention no no idea no, not paying attention at all so the only other people left on the balcony are Nick Cage and the flamboyant hairdresser so Nick Cage is a good scream he says freeze mister and then, you know, he, he so goes corny. to save the guy who's hanging off the cliff. And he's scre- probably because he's not a real FBI agent. Yeah, he's, he's like, a chemist. This is what I've heard people say. Yeah. Freeze, mister. He says other things to him to tell him to freeze later on. We'll get to it in a second. But he does scream for help. Again, it's a justified, a justified scream. Uh, Sean Connery has somehow escaped through the kitchen. He's running through the kitchen. Nick Cage is chasing after them. And Sean Connery steals, like, he gets out and he steals to the valet Hummer, right? and steals like a Hummer, like a Humvee. And Nicholas Cage decides to steal the next car in line for the valet, which is like a Lamborghini. Because <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> you know? So they have the most ridiculous car chase through the Apparently, streets of San Francisco. Apparently, Michael Bass has quoted, said that this car chase was ab- an absolute clusterfuck to film. I, yeah. Because so, they couldn't get, like, permits from the city, and it, really? it was just chaos. That's unbelievable. <laughs> because at one point, and so now everybody's chasing Sean Connery in his Hummer, and at one point, he drives his Hummer, and he hits another car, and then those cars hit a telephone pole. And everything explodes. <laughs> in Michael Bay fashion, nothing that should explode just explodes for no reason. And in the car, Nick Cage does scream at him. He's like, So we also have to bring up the fakest old lady I think I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I forgot about there's, her. It's, there's so there's a tro- the scene where there's a trolley because it's um, San Francisco. Yeah. And also there's chaos with the trolley as well oh my God, it, yeah. it blows up for no reason even though there's like no gasoline way. in the trolley <laughs> and then when the trolley explodes it lifts like four stories in oh the air God. straight up and straight down <laughs> so absurd and then everybody but just this walks old lady off the trolley. is like walking in front of the trolley in the most typical old gob lady fashion <laughs> if you recall my favorite phrase gob which is grumpy old bitch it's like a cartoon character like she's got one hand on her cane and arms reach in front of her and then the other hand on, on her, her lower, lower back. back and arched up yeah. but also down and everything's like shaking and quivering and it's clearly a young person in a gray in wig a costume because it's a stunt person because there's explosions going off it's the fakest car chase the fakest old lady, old lady i've ever seen so the car chase essentially ends, and there is this epic, epic hero shot of Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage gets out of his car, 
the camera starts down low and pans like up and around and plays again this sweeping music and he's got this smoldering look off in the distance and it's just this ooh this very good shot of Nicolas Cage let me tell you then this kid comes up to him and he's like hey man you crashed your Lambo. Can't believe you did that. And he's like, it wasn't mine. I stole it. And I'm stealing this. And he steals the guy's uh, motorcycle. Dirt bike. Dirt bike, yeah. <laughs> and he's on his dirt bike. And he calls like one of his old chemist buddies or something for some I reason. I think it was I the other guy why. that was in that. Yeah. Uh, the chamber with chamber him. The chamber with him. He was burning alive and was too afraid to stab himself with the antidote. Yeah, I don't know why he calls him. And he does say like, look, I just stole a kid's motorcycle. I'm not really feeling too good about it, okay? <laughs> So a few good lines there in, in an incredible car chase. So during the car chase as well, Sean Connery somehow calls or looks someone up and it's we find out it's his daughter. So he's got a daughter living in San Francisco. So Nicolas Cage, I, I guess that's why he called his buddy to look up, you know, next of kin in, in uh, San Francisco. So Sean, he follows Sean Connery on the dirt bike and on foot to go find his daughter and uh, once backup arrives, they kind of swarm Sean Connery after after he has a nice little moment with his with his daughter, that estranged daughter. Mm-hmm. And so he runs into to Sean Connery, and he, he like slaps cuffs on him or something, and he goes, "What do you say we cut the chit chat a hole?" And he really shouts the a hole. So that so you know, corny again. He's, he's not, like, "I'm in a Disney movie." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They do drop a fuck later in the. Uh, uh, movie but i don't think he says it does he yeah really i thought sean connery said it nope oh. and that's uh the one it's the one line that i wanted to oh. get to but that's okay you didn't spoil the entire line no no, no. but i, I don't have a story about that line okay so good. We'll okay yeah I, I don't know the line I, I didn't write it down so uh they take sean connery and nick cage back to the fbi office and this is where we see michael bean and if you remember Fucking michael bean God he is the star it. of deadfall who so is horrible? The worst actor I might have seen in my entire life in that movie. Oh my god, awful! He's not he's acting. Not much better in this. No, he's just saying words. <laughs> he sucks. He's just saying words. He's not acting. So I even wrote down Michael Bean sucks again. So, <laughs> so <laughs> somebody at some really point, somebody at some point, I forget who says it, but you love this line, so I wrote it down. They said, "Well, it sounds like you're between the rock and a hard place." <laughs> Or no, you're between The Rock, the rock and, and a, a Hard, hard case. case. Ugh. The Rock, meaning Alcatraz. Yes. <laughs> and a hard case. How stupid is that? So Nick Cage is, oh, is at the so FBI. Corny. He's at the FBI office and he's like, here's what you're going to want to do to defuse these bombs. You need to take the glass spheres out. And, you, <laughs> and he's like, it gets really complicated to so pay attention. And they're like, no, no, you're coming with us. And then just cut to Nick Cage running into a bathroom and immediately start throwing up. You got something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So originally he wanted to pass out. But oh, Mike okay. Bean was like, that's really dramatic. Nick. Michael Bay or Michael Bay, Bean? sorry. Bay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's really dramatic, Nick. Like, please don't do that. So Jesus. then he they compromised on him immediately going to throw up instead. Wow. So that's my story. Continue. I think, honestly, passing out would have been better. No. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, anyway, he's throwing up after he finds out that he has to go to The Rock with uh, Sean Connery. So they then load into a helicopter, and he honestly looks like a little kid just wildly unprepared for this, for this because they have to 
dive with scuba gear on. So he agreed. Mm. Nick Cage thought that he looked like a, quote, little Japanese schoolboy in his scuba suit when mm. everyone else looked, quote, cool. Okay, why Japanese? I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> what he thought. That is so bizarre, but I don't know why anything surprises me no, nothing should surprise me. I know, I know. So they're about to drop into the water, and he's like, are we good to go? And everybody's like, yeah, good to go. And he screams, because he can't take his mouthpiece in on time, take his mouthpiece out on time, because he's, he's like bumbling around because yeah. he's apparently a Japanese school a little child. little Japanese schoolboy. Oh boy! So they get into Alcatraz, they get to the rock, and the first thing that they have to do to get in is they have to swim through these tunnels and they get into like this engine room yeah and i mentioned earlier but nick cage and sean connery were afraid to swim right so they yes. didn't want to do it that's so dumb <laughs> and they probably didn't have to because they had scuba gear on how do, how would we know it was even them it wasn't even that long i don't know i mean there's some scenes where there's like fire over top of them and that's yeah. what they were really afraid of okay. like they didn't want to swim with fire over top of them right. but it's a movie like yeah there's it's controlled Right. There, there are other scenes, too, where they're, like, in water, but it's usually only, like, waist high. So maybe those are the scenes that they didn't want to do, too. I don't know. It was 90 know. degrees, apparently. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just a cesspool. <laughs> like, so Sean Connery's like, I know how to get through. You've got to time it perfectly. And it's like, why And Michael there... Bay has also said that Alcatraz hasn't been used in so long. Why would the boilers work? Right. Or even be on? No. Yeah, they, they wouldn't. And so... He's all, he, he said, he's like, yeah, it's stupid, but it looked cool so i did it anyway exactly so there's like (laughs) so in order to get out like from the boiler room into the main part of alcatraz you've got to roll you've got to time a a roll Mm -hmm. underneath this small little gap that's got like rotating gears that i feel like i've played video games where i had to do it's a video game yeah and then there's like bursts of fire that you've got to time the roll perfectly yeah it's so dumb. It's, it's really corny. Really unnecessary. But it, I don't know. I think it's further just establishing that or Sean. how difficult it would be to escape Alcatraz and Sean Connery's character did. So Absolutely. now they like really need him in order to get through these weird traps, traps and whatever. <laughs> that shouldn't exist in the first place. <laughs> so they're... It's like a level. Yeah. <laughs> Pass a level in a video game. So they're, you know, they, they've got this huge team of, of FBI and, and Marines and all these good guys with Nick Cage and Sean Connery. And they're going through these tunnels. And so they get to the showers, which is like their their way in. That's Sean Connery's way in, way into to the... Because that was his way out. That was his way out. Yeah, exactly. And on the way to the showers, Sean Connery makes a really odd uh, gang rape joke on his way in yeah. there. Yeah. He was like, oh, I usually try to avoid the shower so I don't get gang raped. But, you know, not so much anymore because I'm getting older. And, and we're it's like, like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> oh, God, oh, geez. <laughs> so in the showers, they installed a motion sensor. The bad guys installed a motion sensor. And they accidentally trip the motion sensor, and Michael Bean has a showdown with Ed Harris, and they're like, you know. Oh, and the guy from, the, on Ed Harris's team, on the mm-hmm. bad guy team, yeah. is, the, is the guy from <laughs> Disturbia. <laughs> yeah, the bad guy from Disturbia 
if you've seen that movie with yeah. Shia LaBeouf, is also LaBeouf. LaBeouf is also <laughs> one of the bad guys in this movie. And another guy who's a bad guy in this movie is Dr. Cox from Scrubs. So Michael Bean and Ed Harris and Dr. Cox and the bad guy from Disturbia all, <laughs> all have a big showdown in the showers. And they just get owned the good guys all get shot yeah there's it's hannah called it a bloodbath in the showers (laughs) it's uh quite tarantino of them very very much so so to the point where the only ones left who are the people who are still hiding in the tunnels which is nicholas cage and sean connery only for some reason yeah sorry i just want to go back and make sure that you laughed at my joke of calling it a bloodbath in the showers okay continue (laughs) i mean i did (laughs) no no no. i mean you you want the listeners Who's listening to me right now? Christ. (laughs) You're so needy. (laughs) So it's just the two of them. And Sean Connery's like, I'm out of here. I'm bolting. We don't have backup anymore. We can't can't take these people on. So he's out of here. And Nick Cage screams at him. He's trying to get him to stay. He's like, they're dead. They're dead. And then, you know, he's also (laughs) uh, radioing the, the FBI guys. And they're like, well, you can't let Sean Connery leave. He's our only hope to get back into Alcatraz and they're like and he's also a criminal yeah he's like (laughs) use your gun he like you have a gun you're an FBI agent we gave you a gun and so this is where he says you wanna play tough you wanna play tough with me okay FBI free sucker so he calls him mister he calls him sucker when he tells him to freeze and he's like yelling while they're supposed to be it's secret yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah so maybe because they're yelling or maybe because the the bad guys just caught on there's they drop explosives down in the tunnels and of course they do because it's michael bay and it's in between here that that nick cage tells sean connery everything because they had left sean connery pretty much in the blind and he was like look the entire population of san francisco is gonna just have nerve burst damage die die thank you for that (laughs) i i needed help or there's 80 80 civilians, 80, civilians 80 uh, hostages, hostages yeah. yeah in in alcatraz mm-hmm. itself yeah exactly being held by the ex-marine yeah so i guess he ultimately convinces sean connery to stick around and help him so they decide to go through the morgue and why does sean connery like nick cage so much i don't know maybe in this be- movie maybe because he's different from like a trained soldier he's yeah. like He's not a he's not a real guy. He's got chutzpah, you know. He's got chutzpah. <laughs> That's nothing that neither of these two characters or actors would say. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like Nick would say that he is chutzpah. He probably would. <laughs> like I said, nothing should surprise me anymore. So they they decide uh, that there's another way into Alcatraz, and it's through the morgue. So there are uh, the ba- there are two bad guys in the morgue, and. You know, Sean Connery hands him his gun back because he stole the gun from him. Take this gun and and shoot to kill or something. And Nick Cage says, I'll, you know, I'll do my best. And Sean Connery drops a great line, which is, losers do their best. Winners fuck the prom queens. <laughs> oh, so he says the F word. Oh, Sean Connery does. Yeah. 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 And, oh, yeah, I guess they say it a couple times. So I okay. guess it's R-rated. Nick only says it once. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then Nick Cage goes... Oh, my fiance was the prom queen. He's like, oh well, then yes, okay. Oh, Sean Connery. Oh, so I missed earlier when he opens the door after he goes through the boiler room. He says, "Well, boys, welcome to the Rock," and that is like the iconic line. Epic. Welcome to the Rock. Well, boys. I don't know if he says "Well, boys" or not. I just added that to get an S sound in there because Sean Connery. Welcome to the Rock. Sean Connery, shuck it, Trebek. Sure. <laughs> So 
there's two guards in the morgue. Sean Connery just lasers a fucking knife through the throat of the first one. And then he's having a shootout he's with just the, James Bond. Yeah, he's having a shootout with the second one. And Nick Cage is yelling at him. You're shooting too close to the rocket. Him, but not the rocket. The rocket. Not the rocket. Because there's a rocket in the morgue. One of the ones that they have to uh, uh, defuse. Detonate. Diffuse. Diffuse. Yeah, not detonate. They don't want oh, to Oh, not detonate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Diffuse. So he's like, Goodness. not the rocket. Not the rocket. Not the rocket. So he ultimately kills the guy by shooting the AC unit on the guy's head and like crushing his head mm-hmm. and blowing his foot off. Very creative. Mm. So Nick Cage then goes over to defuse the bomb and Sean Connery's like, hey, can you hurry up a little? Can you hurry up? And he goes, so what do you say you cut me some friggin' slack? <laughs> Which is good. Friggin' slack. It's good. He's making some great faces in this scene, too. He's, like, really gritting his teeth, making his eyes go wide, as he does. And, uh, again, he's talking. Sean Connery's like, come on, hurry up, already!" And he's like, just back away. Just back away. Then, like, the, the, the bad guys are onto them, so they start coming into the morgue. And they escape through some chute that's in the morgue. And they find themselves on, like, fully formed train tracks. <laughs> it's like there's a really deep tunneling system so underneath weird. Alcatraz like for mining purposes it, I was going to say they look like mining They're, tracks yeah like 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 carts like coal <laughs> carts mining carts yeah like it doesn't make any like why this is the part where it's like why would like Alcatraz like in Gringotts Bank yeah it's like Gringotts <laughs> it's like or it's like the scene in Indiana Jones where they're escaping yes, through it is, yeah. the, the, the mines car, the mines but it's like, why is this under Alcatraz? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, there's like a full train rail system in there. And of course, you know, there's a good scream. They're, again, justified because they're they're on this runaway train <laughs> under underground for some reason. <laughs> He's getting shot at. There's people right behind him. People getting blown up. Nick Cage is shooting back. And then, you know... It gets to a point, and I didn't really write it down, but it gets to a point where Nick Cage gets captured. And we're just like, he's captured. Why Why are they not? Why, just why not kill just him. kill him? Kill him. You're bad guys. Kill him. You know? But I guess because they're they Marines. They want to know where the... Where Sean Connery is? No. Where mm-hmm. the location oh, Yeah, so the way to defuse the bombs is you have to take out all those glass spheres, <laughs> and then you have to remove the, the homing chip. There's yes. a homing chip. So you have to destroy that. So they're like, where's the chip or something? And he's like, I just, oh, they capture Sean Connery as well. And he's like, I destroyed them. And it's like, okay, why don't they just kill him? Just kill him. Kill him then. I don't get it. So they're both in, not neighboring cells, but like one right on top of the other in Alcatraz. And this is excellent. This is the best scene. This is best. We're definitely going to find the screams in here. So it starts out, actually, Nick Cage is just laying in, on the floor in his cell, and he's, like, just shouting randomly and he's singing. He's, like, doing snow angels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and he's like, well, I can't believe they didn't kill me. And he, and he does scream, well, shame on them. But that's not the good scream. The good scream is he starts talking to Sean Connery about... You know, all right, I get it. You escape through the tunnels in the boiler room. You, you know, escape through the showers. I get that. But then he screams the following. Enjoy. How, in the name of Zeus's butthole, did you get out of your cell? I only ask because in our current situation, well, it could prove to be useful information. Maybe! Yes. 
So much of that line, <laughs> Nicolas Cage ad-libbed, uh, was not in the script. Of course not. Michael Bay was like, this is fucking stupid. We're taking this out. <laughs> and Nick insisted. Of course he did. Or else he probably, I don't know, he probably put his foot down and said like he won't do anything else or something. Oh my God. That's staying. Zeus's butthole. Zeus's butthole. How in the name of Zeus's butthole did you get out of your cell? Incredible. So good. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to start using that phrase. <laughs> How in the name of Zeus's butthole? How in the butthole? name of Zeus's butthole, XYZ. <laughs> <laughs> How in the name of Zeus's butthole are you? How the hell are you doing? Yeah. How in the name of Zeus's butthole are you doing today? <laughs> So the way Sean Connery actually escapes the cell is he basically tears up his bed sheets and makes like a hook that he hooks the lever down the hall for and he ho- and opens, opens the door. Whatever. Yeah, easy. So so impractical. Exactly. So once again, Sean Connery is like, I'm out. I'm escaping, and they're outside again. And oh, he he helps Nick get out too. He exactly. doesn't just leave him there. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I feel like that's important to note. <laughs> yes. Thank you. So. They're both running out, and again, he's like, I'm not helping these people, and Nick Cage is like, but you've got to help them, come on, and he has a few more good screams here, but they're not nearly as good as Zeus's butthole, I'll just relay them to you here. You're not leaving! There's a madman in there with his hand on a, on a button! Oh, well then everything's just fine! I can't afford to take that chance! The mission's not complete! Then, Nick Cage decides that, well, all right. I don't need Sean Connery. I'll do it by myself. And he starts running back and he gets basically captured again. He's got a gun to the back of his head and he goes on a really long tirade about glass or plastic. Not really sure what the deal. Is no, there. it was like, well, these, these bombs are, you know, just one blow of the wind and they're going to turn you into plastic or glass. Or glass. If I can find the tirade, I'll put it in, but I have no idea what this Very really confusing. means. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Glass or plastic? Glass or plastic? Glass or plastic? Shut up! And you're gonna end up in either a glass jar or a plastic bag. So what do you say? You do the math. Hand over the gun and let's go find some rocket. So then, uh, you know, the the bad guys gave the U.S. government, the president, you have 36 hours to wire us the money. Not a lot of time is remaining. Right. There's like a minute left or something, and they actually fire one of the rockets. And they fire it towards the football stadium. There's a football game. So it's like, oh, no, oh my God, they're actually going to do it. And they, they fire. Harris decides at yes. the last minute that he wants to redirect it into the ocean so that he doesn't kill anybody. And he's like questioning, I guess, everything now and yeah. why he would do this in the first place. Yeah. Because so, he's a Marine, whatever. Yep. Yeah. So he his point was it was a bluff and they called our bluff. And this causes a Mexican standoff amongst mm-hmm. all of the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got guns at everybody. Mm-hmm. And then Nick and Sean are just hiding in the next room. In, yeah. <laughs> also with their guns pointed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, after that From a vantage point. glass or plastic tirade is when, is when Sean Connery decides to come back and he takes out the guard that's got the gun to the back of Nick's head. So they're in the next room. They're witnessing this Mexican standoff. Everybody starts shooting. Nick and, Nick and Sean, they start shooting as well. And just there's fucking everything's going haywire. And Nick Cage pulls Ed Harris's body, who's dying. And he's like, where's the last rocket? Where's the last rocket? Where's the last rocket? Another good scream. Again, we're not going to get as good as Zeus's butthole. butthole. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, please. So he's like, oh, the last the last rocket's in the lighthouse. So Nick Cage has to go up to the lighthouse. And one of the other bad guys follows him up there. And 
He's like, that's it. It's over. I'm sick of talking about this. I'm going to kill you now. And Nick's like, oh, well, you don't want to talk about it. Why don't we talk about something else? Like, what kind of music do you like? Do you like Elton John? Do you like the song Rocket Man? Because that's what you are. <laughs> because the guy was standing right in front of the rocket. and Which he already yeah, had taken the, taken, taken the poison out. The- Yes, taking the poison yeah. out and also taking the homing device yes. out. So he just set off the rocket into this guy's chest. Into, yeah, <laughs> and, into the ocean. Yeah, and the guy the guy lands outside on a big metal spike and just gets that just impaled. happens to be there. Yeah, just gets impaled. But I love that, like... And you hear him, he goes, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and then after he kills the guy, he goes... Again, he looks at the camera and smolders <laughs> and says, how do you like how that shit works? <laughs> it's just so stupid. <laughs> so... He gets up to the roof or he gets up to the top of the lighthouse and there's a, yet again another bad guy or two that's after him. And he's still trying to remove the homing chip from the in, the inside, all of this fucking poison spheres and that the apparently Iraqi government has. <laughs> and he's getting shot at and he drops one of the spheres and like just one of those spheres could melt his skin right mm-hmm. off. So he drops it. It fortunately doesn't break, but he's got it in his hand as he's getting shot at. And we're just like, how is he still alive? And how has this how thing is he not, not broken? broken it with yeah. his own force? How has the bullet not gone through it? Like, yeah, what's going on? Right. And so what he decides to do is to put it in his vest pocket for safekeeping. Mm-hmm. What? What do you? Why? What are you doing? I don't just, know. It could get crushed as soon as he falls. He stashes like the other twenty nine balls, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like in a vent or something. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 hang on to this one. Uh, well, in uh, order to say the line that he is about to say. Oh, I do have it written down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes. So he's having this. He's wrestling. He's back and forth with the last bad guy that's remaining. He's wrestling with him, wrestling with him. And he reaches into his pocket, pulls the ball out, shoves it in the guy's mouth. And what does he say, Han? He says, eat this, you fuck. <laughs> and the guy bites down. And the poison gas goes off, and the guy's skin starts melting. But fortunately, Nick Cage has the antidote, the the huge needle, needle. and he sticks it into what is definitely not his heart. (laughs) He sticks it into like his stomach, the lower left quadrant of his body. It's definitely like in his lung, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, it's definitely not in his heart. So anyway, that line was originally supposed to be: "Did I ever tell you that I'm gonna be a dad?" That's worse. That yeah. is that. You're right. That is worse. I'm glad he said, what? "Eat this, you fuck." Eat this, you fuck. Did I ever tell you what? No, he's never no, spoken he's to never this guy. Never spoken to this man in his life. It's just some random ass. Did I ever tell you guy. I'm gonna be a dad? And then sticks it in his mouth. And it's not even the guy from Scrubs or the guy from Disturbia. It's no, just it's a some random. Rando. Ba- yeah. The hell. It's so lame. Yeah. The guy from Disturbia. <laughs> the guy from Disturbia. He's oh, so no, good. Oh no, watch Disturbia. Oh uh, well, because technically, uh. Isn't yeah? Shia LaBeouf is quarantined. Yeah, well, for house arrest. House arrest. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I have house arrest or right? something. Yeah, right. So, under house arrest, not have house arrest. Before the mission, they told Nick Cage and all of the troops. They said, if you have a successful mission and the net and the uh, threat is neutralized, light these green flares so that we know not to basically send the jets and blow up the island. So. Nick Cage kills that guy. He says, eat this, you fuck. And he remembers the thing about the green flares and he could see the the jets coming in. They're about to blow up the island because they haven't heard back from anybody in a while. So he lights the green flares and the 
oh, it's just the most epic. He gets down on his knees and he starts waving the flares around. When you say he was flapping his arms? Yeah, sure. So that performance uh-huh. was inspired by another movie that we saw before. Birdie? <laughs> Birdie. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There is a scene in this movie, and I forget exactly what he says, but he does do a little bit of that... Has anybody heard? Can I give somebody a lift? He does do a little bit of that Never on Tuesday. From Never on Tuesday. Oh, man. That's still one of my favorite things. <laughs> so funny. You will look that up on occasion. I do. And just Like, whatever you need to laugh, you just find that scene from Never on Tuesday. He just skirts, skirts in, on his, in his uh, car, opens the door. Is anybody heard? Can I give somebody a lift? And he puts his arm out. And then he starts laughing. <laughs> and he has that Pinocchio nose uh, that he made the story for. He's on camera for literally like 30 seconds. Oh my God. It's so dumb. Okay. Anyway, this movie. This movie's almost over. So the, the, one of the bombs accidentally goes off from the jets. But fortunately, it's nowhere near the hostages or anything. But it is anybody. near in a cage. And he it blows him into the water. <laughs> the impact <laughs> blows him into the water. Sean Connery jumps off a cliff to dive in and save Nick Cage. And uh, he's totally fine. And they radio in. They're like, good speed. Good speed. How are the hostages? Are they okay? And he's like, yes, the hostages are fine. And it's like, how do you know how that? How do you, you know? Have, you, you have no not, idea. You've never interacted with the hostages. Not, not once. once. <laughs> So Nick Cage and Sean, and they're like, well, what about Sean Connery? Is he dead? What's what's with him? And Nick Cage is like, oh, he died. He His body he vaporized. <laughs> so because he's like a wanted criminal sort yeah. of. So he knows, you know. Yeah. They, he may not be able to trust that the U.S. government will take care of Sean Connery. So he's like, he, yeah. oh, I'm just going to let him go. Yeah. So then Sean Connery goes, oh, uh, well, thank you for that. Here's this piece of paper that I have with me. <laughs> Which is the address for a church in Kansas City, Kansas, or something. Look at the first pew on the left. Look at the, the first pew on the left leg of the, the pew. And Sean, and Nick Cage just like laughs to himself. He's like, ah, you slap. And Sean Connery sneaks away. And we're like, what? What the fuck does that even mean? So the next scene is uh, fucking, what's his name? Nick Cage and his, his, wife. his wife. And they're in a just married car with the cans in the back. And Nick Cage is running out of the church. And he's like, I got it. I got it. And we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) What does he have? Is it money? Like, why wouldn't Sean Connery take it? He needs money. And the priest is running after him like, you you crazy crook. Get back here. And they're in the car. And Nick Cage goes, huh, honey, do you want to know who really killed JFK? And he's got like this, like, (laughs) like a little, um, film. He's got film, Mm -hmm. like video film and with a magnifying glass. And he's like, wow, do you want to know who really killed JFK? End movie. Credits. Roll credits. The most confused, one of the most confusing endings I've seen. (laughs) We're like, wait, what? Yeah. Why? Why? National treasure? (laughs) Right? Yeah. So it's like. Oh, wait, what did we say? We were like, oh, that's how we found the Charlotte. (laughs) Oh, the Charlotte's not a person. It's a ship. (laughs) Honey, do you want to know who really killed JFK? Ha 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 ha. It's like, what do you do with that information? Mm, you nothing. still work for the FBI. Yep. Give it to them. Yep. Why are you... I don't know. I don't get it. They know. That's the point, though. Yeah. FBI knows who killed JFK. Yeah. So overall, any closing thoughts? You loved it. Yeah, I it, liked it. It yeah. was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was, really it was, corny and it, just what I wanted. It was... I think I described it earlier as saying it's very, like, paint by numbers. Yeah, yeah. But... It's kind of like the best version of a paint by numbers. It's like it's corny when it needs to be corny. It's 
silly action when it needs it to. Lots it's of explosions. Like, the plot moved quickly. The plot like kind of works, you know. It was like, a long movie, but I didn't yeah. feel like it dragged in any moment. No, no, definitely not. So yeah, no. Overall, yeah. I think it was pretty it was good. Pretty cheesy, but enjoyable. Very I'd classic. Watch, I'd, I'd watch Bay. it again. Yeah, yeah, maybe in you know a couple of years oh, when, yeah. when we're done with this. No time soon. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I did forget to mention earlier, it has an Oscar nomination for Best Sound. So, not really that important, but interesting. I think I know who the sound person is. Really? Not personally. <laughs> uh, not sound. But the cinematographer is John Schwartzman. Okay. Who is Nicolas Cage's cousin. Oh. Schwartzman's stepmother, Talia Shire, is Nicolas Cage's aunt. Ah. So, all right, well, that's going to do it for our uh, recap of the movie. Probably went a little long, but it was a good movie. It was a fun time. Yeah, I liked it. And uh, so let's get into some Nicolas Cage Ooh, awards. Let's do it. First award. Who was the best supporting actor for this movie? Sean Connery? Uh, Ed Harris? No. No. <laughs> the guy from Disturbia? No. It is the chemical globe that caused an international crisis. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Let me pose this to you. Is it the flamboyant stylist? <laughs> yes, the flamboyant stylist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we're going with that. Uh, what was Nick Cage's best dress scene? He's really only got three outfits in this. Probably when he thought that he looked like a little Japanese schoolgirl oh. in his scuba suit. I was going to say maybe naked playing the guitar. What do you think? One of those two. Mm, I, I think could... I think schoolgirl. <laughs> Even though he was just in a scuba suit and he thought he looked like a Japanese school child or girl or boy. Whatever, or whatever. boy, I forget. What do you think was the worst Nicolas Cage scene? What didn't do anything for you? Maybe in the van when Sean Connery barks at him? It's sure. kind of a nothing yeah. scene. For yeah. Nick. Yeah, yeah, that was for good Nick. for Sean, but yeah. not much for Nick. Yeah, exactly. All right. What was the best Nick Cage scene? That's tough. That is tough. Maybe maybe the scene where he says, eat this, you fuck. Because that mm. also comprised, that whole scene was also him setting off the rocket and calling so the, the guy lighthouse. Rocket Man. The lighthouse yeah. scene. Oh, yeah. Was, that was some gold. He catches the the ball. Ooh, that is it's a very, good scene. Ooh, or, or the one where he like very heroically looks at the camera and it pans <laughs> After around After the car him. chase? Yeah. I don't want to give it to the car chase because okay. that car no, the car chase is brutal. Horrible. <laughs> Everything blew up for no reason. <laughs> okay, yeah. So the, light, the right, lighthouse The lighthouse. Scene. Okay. That was good. The, the big showdown at big the end. Big showdown at okay. the lighthouse. All right. It's pretty rare, I feel like, that we give the best scene of the movie, like the climax to of the, the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the crux of the, to the movie as yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. So I think w we know this. We've talked about it. The best Nick Cage screen. It's... Zeus's butthole. It's Zeus's butthole. How in Zeus's butthole are you? <laughs> Loved it. Love that. Uh, the most nouveau shamanic moment. So what was the most quintessential Nick Cage moment? I think being shirtless at home. Being and, and Because he fought for it. He fought for it. He said that it was crucial that the audience understood that mm -hmm. this man is in a comfortable state of being in his own home. That's And so Michael dumb. Bay came out and said nah dude it's because you just want to show off your body he's like no it's, it's he's not. like no no it's part of my process that's bullshit yeah okay that's some new shamanic nonsense i like that i think that makes absolute sense and that's what i was thinking as well <laughs> all right so those are the nick cage awards where are we ranking this one this is a tough one to rank because he wasn't that cagey, cagey no and the movie was fun. although i do love knowing that he wrote almost all of his own lines. that's true that is true I think it's 
towards the top. I'm not convinced that it cracks the top five. I don't know if it's five. top five, but I think top 10. Top 10. All right. Let's see here. So actually, number 10 is Birdie. <laughs> this was inspired by Birdie. <laughs> Part of it was inspired by Birdie. I think above Birdie. Okay. Next up is Honeymoon in Vegas. Above that. Next up is Red Rock West. Below that. Okay. I'm good with that. What's above Red Rock West? Kiss of Death. Yeah, no. He was good okay. in Kiss of Death. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and Red Rock West was a really good movie, but he wasn't cagey. So that's kind of similar to this, this movie. Yeah. Uh, he was much more cagey in this, but, you know, the quality of the movie, it's not... The, the quality of this movie is good like a piece of chocolate cake is good. It's not good like a like an actual meal is mm-hmm. good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, but it's not a cotton candy taco. No, it's not the cotton candy taco. Like uh, it could happen. To it could you happen is, to you. It could happen to you is almost in the bottom five. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, okay, so it's gonna go between honeymoon in Vegas and Red Rock West. Is that what you I said? Think that's or fair. above Red Rock West? Okay. Yeah, below Red Rock. Below Red Rock. Red Rock West. So is it number nine? Number now? nine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. That's cool. Yeah, I like it. So that's gonna do it there next week. We're watching Con Air, baby. Are we? That's exciting. Ooh, and then yeah. after that is Face Off. Uh, yes. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> I bumped the mic. Good. What does he say? G Willikers or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're watching Con Air. Con Air. Next week. That's awesome. It's, it's going to be good. And then Face Off after that. And that will complete the golden cage unless we what take... What comes after that? What comes after Face Off? I don't know. We can find out. Please Let hold. Let me look real quick. City of Angels. I'm not familiar with that, but Snake Eyes is after that. An mm-hmm. 8 millimeter. City of Angels looks like... Oh, and like then it's... Gone in 60 Seconds in the Family Man. I have a feeling that's still the golden cage. We can reassess Yeah. in a few weeks. We'll think about it. Yeah. Because it doesn't look like City of Angels had any critical success. No, but he filmed that at the same time as some other movies because he makes 25 movies in a year. That's true. All right. So next week, Con Air, baby. Let's go. I'm excited. This is good. I, I, yeah, you've never seen it. No, I haven't. I've seen Con I've Air. I've putting it off. Yeah, I, ha- I had never seen The Rock, but I've seen Con Air. Cool. cool. Exciting. Yeah, absolutely. You want to sign us off? Yeah, I mean, first I would like to say everyone, you know, stay safe. Wash this your hands. Is, wash your hands. This is challenging times ahead of us but i think we all kind of need to just have some social responsibility and look out for uh look out for each other and in times of trouble ask yourself mother mary comes to me ask yourself one question i'm gonna ignore that oh, sorry. <laughs> what would nicholas cage do and do, w- the, o- and do w- the opposite <laughs> wasn't that popular around the time of the Livestrong bracelet to also have a bracelet that had like, WWJD. JD. Yeah. We should get some ones with WW. NCD. NCD. That's okay. We got, my birthday was actually last week. Yeah. And we, we got, about... oh, so, well, pff, excuse me. No, for you, wanting to celebrate you, for longer only, than one day. <laughs> you only have one birthday. <laughs> I had my birthday during the coronavirus crisis. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, for your birthday. Uh, I got a few um coasters coasters with nikki cage's faces on faces Absolutely. on it thanks steph love you love you <laughs> okay all right and now you know why the nick cage bird sings thanks for listening guys take care bye